Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Dave East survival album review is here. Sorry for the wait. Um, Basically what happened is my computer crashed and I thought I lost a file and I had to go through all these different resources and just methods to try and get it back and I finally got it back. So it is here. This is Dave East, his debut album. Those of you that have been rocking with the podcast for a long time know how anticipated the Davies debut album has been for me and who other to get on this podcast than my guy Will Gill, the one I've been doing Davies review with forever, the person I've probably talked the most about Davies with. So before I get you to this one, just some quick housekeeping. Uh, Please, if you don't already, make sure to follow me on all of the social medias. That's Twitter and Instagram mainly at real Chris Platty, C-H-R-S-P-L-A-T-T-E. If you don't know how to spell real, don't follow Now, the YouTube channel's got some stuff coming. I'm working on some cool stuff there. And the podcast has some stuff coming as well that I'm not ready to announce. Um, Other than I can say that that I'm really trying to get this game album review out. Uh, I don't know if that will get out before the uh, end of the week. So stay tuned to the Instagram and Twitter to find out the latest on that update. Without further ado, let's get into this discussion Dave East album review with the homie Will Gill of the Hip Hop Review Podcast. We talk about the best moments of this album, the worst moments of this album, how we feel overall about this album, and what we expect from Dave East going forward. Hello everyone, welcome to a special episode of Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty, and it is time for one of the most anticipated podcast review discussions I've ever had on this channel. So you know I had to get my boy Will Gill of the Hip Hop Review Podcast. We are going to be reviewing Dave East. Will Gill, my guy Dave East, finally dropped his debut album. It feels like it feels like I've been waiting this entire podcast for series for him to drop his debut album. But we are here. How are you doing, Will? Doing great. 
like you said, it's been a long time coming, and uh, I'm happy this day has finally come. Hell yeah, I'm very happy. And uh, did we review anything? I know we reviewed Paranoia too, but did we review anything else from Davies together? Yeah, I think that? we did the uh, we did the Kyrie the Kyrie together, I believe. Oh, but... we did do Kyrie together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I couldn't remember who I was uh, doing Kyrie with, but I know. I know you of all people, Will Gill, is the person I probably have the most Davies <laughs> conversations with, so I couldn't think right. of anybody more perfect to have on this podcast, man. Um, let's jump into it. So Davies, again, Kyrie Chanel was way back in 2016 of September, so we're talking over over three years later. And in that meantime, Dave gave us five projects. He gave us Karma 1, Karma 2, Paranoia, Paranoia 2, and then the collab album with Styles P uh, called Beloved. And so he had all, all those projects that he dropped in between that were received mixed a lot of the times. I think almost all of those projects was uh, was received with uh, mixed reviews, except for maybe Beloved, which seemed to be the strongest of the projects. And then... You know, and so everybody was kind of wondering, you know, what's the deal with Dave? Why is it taking so long for him to drop his debut album after Kyrie Chanel, which was so critically acclaimed? But he drops his debut album. It lands number 11 on the Billboard, selling over 20,000 copies. We'll get to that on um, on the other side of the podcast because we're going to have a discussion about Davies and there's some stuff with the with the album sales. But what is your initial expectation when you finally learn after all these years, all these projects, we are getting a Davies debut album. I'm for me personally, I'm gonna keep it a buck. I was pretty close to stop checking for Davies myself. It's been a long time since that Kyrie project. Like you've been saying, there's been a lot of shaky projects in between. Beloved, even though yeah, I listened to it, it was cool. Personally, not for me. But um with all those other projects in there. I just wasn't fucking with him, to be honest. Like, it, it seemed like Dave East's music direction was kind of all over the place. I didn't know what kind of rapper he was trying to be. I don't know what kind of music he was trying to make. So I was confused as a fan. So uh, I was pretty close to stop checking for him, but uh, I'm glad the uh, the album arrived right on time. And uh, I'm here now. And I'm excited that it dropped. So that's where I'm at with uh, Dave East at the moment. Okay. See, my initial expectations are sort of along those lines. I was always going to check for Davies. I was never gonna give. I was never gonna walk away. But I was very frustrated with all these projects and there being such a mystery around them. Like I remember when Paranoia dropped, it was it was Davies not saying it wasn't his debut album, but not saying it was. And then, and then afterwards, it kind of said it kind of slipped out. Like it was either right before it dropped or right after, where it's like, yeah, this isn't actually my debut album. This is just an EP I put together. Um, that's like a journey to the album, and it just it, it seemed like it seemed like either Dave didn't know the type of rapper he wanted to be, like you said, or Def Jam didn't know exactly how to market this guy. What kind of what kind of rapper is he? You know, and all of that. So that had me all coming together for survival very worried plus the fact that yeah. i pay attention to album rollouts uh pretty heavily especially when it's uh, an act like davies who i believe is extremely talented and i'm looking at this album rollout 
and they just give him like this mini YouTube series of like of like kind of like documentary type footage of him making survival, which is cool. But like that's really the only rollout we get. We don't really get too much word on him. It just seems like okay, another Davies project is coming. Oh shit, this is the, his debut. This is what he uh this is what he's what he's been building for. But we didn't really know there wasn't a build to it the way the way these projects are traditionally are, are traditionally held in such high esteem high esteem, especially debut albums. So coming into it, not gonna lie, Will Gill, I was scared. I was scared because this to me is a very pivotal project in Davies' career, and I was I was coming in uh, I was coming in skeptical, especially when I saw the long track list, especially when I right. saw like, you know, I like all the features, but seeing all those all those number of features, you know, Jacquees and Ty Dallas Sign is like okay, that's like the commercial stuff. Then you got Gunna. Then you got, you know, Rick Ross. And so it seemed all over the place in a lot of sense. So I was very, I was very worried coming into it. Um, but I'll, I'll save my, my final results for, um, for the overall thoughts of the album. But that's where I was at coming into it. Uh, were you feeling any type of way about the track listing or anything of, of that nature jumping into the album? Um, one, the, the thing that jumps off right away is just like how long it is. And then, uh, so that had me worry, especially when he's putting out kind of shaky, shorter projects. The last thing I would want is more shaky songs. Right. So, <laughs> but, uh, but just like reading who these features are, like, I think you kind of get the sense of like the label is being very careful with Dave East because, yeah. um, with these features, it definitely has a lot of things covered, like, like DJ Premier on the opening, like. It just tells you that, okay, he's going to be coming with something special because there's no damn way you're going to have DJ Premier on your opening track and you're going to drop the ball. You can't fumble that one. <laughs> and then, like, uh, and he just has a whole bunch of different regions. Like you said, like, there's the Gunna Baby on there, so he kind of has Atlanta locked down. There's some West Coast features. There's a lot of East Coast features, new age features, old features. So, to me with the feature list it kind of read as like um the label being very careful and meticulous to try to make sure they give dave east every opportunity to kind of shine and touch as many like fan bases and areas as possible yeah and, and it seems like it seems like this is an album that was constructed less from a body of work perspective and more from a just let's see what works so it's still kind of it still kind of rings of that of that dave east and def jam maybe both sides don't know or maybe just def jam doesn't really know how to how to handle dave east how you know what kind of lane is he going down is he going down the re the collabs with the gunners and the babies or is he or is he doing the dj premier swiss beats you know hip-hop type shit so right. It, it's very it's very all over the place and that was another reason i was concerned but without further ado man let's jump into some of the tracks here uh i'll kick it off with i need a sign because that to me is just absolutely amazing man like the way the way that beat builds with the very uh the very jazzy chords in the background and um and his friends speaking on speaking on just like Davies lowest point when he got kicked out of school 
because we all know the story at this point of Davies. He used to be a rat. He used to be a basketball player. Got kicked out of school for some for some for some weed and some guns, and now he's and now he's you know now he's rapping. Like we know that story, but the way they the way they told it was brilliant with his friend talking about you know just really kind of highlighting Davies at his lowest point with Davies kind of ad living in the background. And then, and then it just, it, it, it opens up. It's like a movie scene where the mm-hmm. curtains just open up and the, and then the attention starts on Dave and he starts rapping. And you know, Dave is amazing with storytelling and amazing with painting pictures. So over that soft instrumental, then you bring Tiana Taylor in to just smoke it. Like it, this is a phenomenal song. This is to me, one of my favorite songs of this year. This is incredible. Yeah. I, uh, I gotta say very, very solid out uh, record. And uh, by track four, you kind of get into like, yeah, these songs are playing into themes and then the survival title and need a sign like these things go hand in hand. And uh, I I was I really enjoyed Tiana Taylor on that record. Her vocals just jump off the track. And uh, Dave East, man, he drops one of my favorite bars just because his delivery is so crisp on this record when he says something like, you a sucker if you give up too many people trying like on his yeah. face. That bar is really nothing, but when you're listening to the song, the way Dave East delivers it, you you could feel the weight behind those words. And um, yeah, track four, Need a Sign, great record. Yeah, man, that's exactly a point that I wanted to hit home on an, on another record, but this is a record that does it just as well. Those simple lines that Dave East isn't saying anything that you got to really think about, but, but it just... the the way he delivers it just hits you with so much, with so much weight, you know, uh, like the, like the, the line, you know, roll the blunt and wish I could trade places with freaky until I sat and realized my daughter really needs me. Like yeah. it's simple lines like that. I mean, that's not, that's not something that um, hasn't been said before. That's not an analogy that hasn't been made before, but there's the way he delivers it, the point he delivers it, uh, just the, the way he places his words just makes it hit so uh hit so close to home with with people like me who don't even have a daughter it's just like it's just like (laughs) damn man i really i really feel that so it's an absolutely excellent record man it really does feel like a like a movie playing out in its head uh in my head and then the way the way it leads in the sequencing of it you know between between uh godfather four and um and on my way to school is just absolutely absolutely amazing like it this is a phenomenal phenomenal sign or phenomenal phenomenal record i should say so check out i need a sign that's the song that i'll recommend the the, probably the most off this entire project what's a record that you want to highlight where you brought this record up in passing this song itself like you said kind of goes hand in hand with I Need a Sign. So uh, I want to bring up track number three, Godfather 4 featuring Nas. And straight up, I just fuck with the vibe of this record. It's definitely like a a, a slow head nod certified. Like every time this record comes on, you can't help but just nod your head to it. Um, one of my favorite things that I enjoy from this record, Godfather 4, is the clear mutual respect Nas and Dave have for each other. Like I know that sounds lame and boring, it's like, oh, I, I like the fact that they have respect for each other. <laughs> but but honestly, like, it really does change the tone of the record. 
like this song sounds like Nas and Dave came together to work on this track and they tried to figure something out where they could play off of each other and they could both come on with the same vibe, same kind of delivery, same uh, mind frame. And it's not just like, uh, hey, Nas, I saved these 14 uh, bars right here for you. So just drop your verse and email it back when you're done. Right. And I and I think that makes a big difference on this track, Godfather 4, and a great record. Like I said, throw it on and uh, just nod to it and you'll enjoy yourself. Yeah, but to be honest, though, can I, can I give you my first opinion of this song? Mm-hmm. My first opinion was, I was like, I feel, I feel like this is cool, but I feel like Nas and Dave East can do better. Like, I was actually a little bit disappointed because I knew the debut album was not, gonna, was not going to have a track without Nas on it. Like, that was just a given. Um, Dave, East and, Dave East and Nas, obviously, their, their relationship is, is so close that you knew that it was coming. So I had such high expectations for it. And at first, I felt, I felt a little disappointed in it. I liked the slow, jazzy, kind of timeless feel they go for but it just didn't feel as good as Nas and, and East Records should feel until multiple listens. But now I really love it. I think everything you said hits home. The vibe of it is good. The way that they play off of each other, telling the same, um, talking about the same, I guess, um, state of mind, but it's from different perspectives, which mm-hmm. is really, really dope. But I think what, what made it, what made it disconnect for me at first was that they were on some super fly baller type bars that I could never fully relate to. And also, <laughs> you know how Nas be rapping about astronauts and tribes in the same bar. And you're just like, you're just like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and, and then it goes, to, and then it goes to Dave just talking about some, some slick shit. So at first there was a little bit of a disconnect for me, but you know, coming back to it uh, more and more, I, I liked it each time. The way they traded bars, the instrumental, of course, is amazing. And the way they sequenced it between Penthouse and Need a Sign is so perfect because Penthouse is like really this record about Davies just being reflective uh, on his status and, and where he's at in the game. And then, you know, that leads obviously into what Godfather 4 is like him just bathing in, in luxury. Like those two records are very yeah. luxurious, but it also... It also really sets up Need a Sign, which is his lowest point, which is before The Godfather, before Penthouse, right? Like, like yeah. this is what it took to get to those spots. So I just thought everything about this record is amazing, and it grew on me more and more with each listen. Right. And I, uh, and I agree with what you're saying. Like, there's times where, like, the verses are kind of a little bit, like, here and there. Like, it, it goes in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, moments that, like, when you listen to it more, brings you into the record is when they do small things, like, where uh, it's like, you're not my brother, you're not jungle. They share similar bars, but, like, place in things that relate specifically to them and their life. And then those small adjustments make a big difference on the record. Yeah, that's a very that's a very good point. That, that jungle line does does stand out to me as well when i'm listening to that record as something that kind of that kind of really ties it together because everyone that doesn't know jungle nods his brother and has a really good relationship with davies and was the one who connected davies with nas and so so again just stuff like that like you said the the little things that that make it work it just on the surface on the first listen you know like when you go from 
Davies just talking about drinking crystal to Nas talking about astronauts and tribes. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like, hold on, hold on. I need to slow this down. I need to think about this. I need to gather myself and get into it. But you're right, man. The, the more I sit with it, the more I, I really do enjoy that record. Um, let me jump to one of my records that I think is just absolutely fascinating. And that is On My Way to School. So this follows I Need a Sign. And the way it starts with the with the skit at the beginning with his mom waking him up for school, um, to the effects of the gunshots walking to school, to the classroom chatter, to to just the, the teacher at the end calling him Brewster. Like, this is just <laughs> such, this is everything that Davies does great when it comes to being such a good storyteller. Like, I enjoy his, his records like Ky, uh, Keisha on Kyrie Chanel where he's in Don't Shoot is an amazing storytelling track. But this, to me, on my way to school is one of, if not his best in the way he he just details everything and he gives you those chilling lines. Again, it's the it's not a crazy line. It's just I'm I'm trying to stay alive on my way to school. That's the line. So in context, it, when you when you just hear the line, it doesn't it doesn't sound like it it doesn't sound like too much. It sounds like okay, you know that's a pretty basic line. But again, the the weight that he hits you with every time that he gives you those lines uh, is just really it, it makes it so heavy. And then also the simple but descriptive lines that paint a picture like my mother kissed me on my forehead on my way to school. Like he's just so good at doing the little things that make those storytelling tracks feel so full and complete because you're you're picturing it, you're visualizing it, and then you're you're really just kind of in his shoes. So that makes those lines that, that I'm trying to stay alive on my way to school, it makes them hit more because you're really able to follow this this the scene in your head. So I really, really enjoy this record. Um, from just it's it's just set up so perfectly. It's such an easy listen. It's not too long, you know. On my way to school, like it doesn't really have a hook. It kind of just has like a little bridge where he just you know talks about just trying to stay alive, trying to not die on his way to school. It's not really it's not really a traditional hook too. It's just basically all story. So I really love this record. Yeah. I'm riding with you on this one too. Um, I would say that song for me, it helped bring clarity to me as what kind of rapper Dave East is. Just because I did enjoy this song, like pretty much right off the rip. And it made me think about other songs that I like from uh, Dave East. And then it helped me realize that like I love when Dave East is picture painting, storytelling. And I think that's when Dave is at his best. And uh, with that being said, like the story's so good, and with the skits built in, I really hope Dave East drops a music video for this record. I know Dave has been acting, so let's blow the whole shit up and make you know half acting, half music video, and let's let's do something special for this record because it's a good record, like you said. And um, what makes this record feel like a movie too, the small touches that uh, the producer does incorporating sound effects behind Dave East bars mm-hmm. puts a little bit more weight behind it already. Like Dave East delivery is doing a great job on his own, but when the producers bring in those sound effects behind those bars, it really punches home the themes of this record. And um, on my way to school, better have a music video coming and I just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> word, man, word. Dave East can't, Davies, we can't get a whole season of Davies being Method Man and not and not one music video. Davies being Dave East. 
Yeah, ass method, man. <laughs> ass method, man. But, yeah, you know, that was an excellent point about the, the gunshots. I had that written in my notes. I don't know if I brought that up, but the effects of the gunshots, the classroom chatter, just everything about this is so well fleshed out, and it's so clearly Dave East in his best element. I 100% agree with you. And just the way... The way it ends with uh with the guy calling him Mr. Brewster, you know, you're in the hallway, get to class, and you know, and Davey's saying, you know, you teachers are broke, fuck this, I'm going to the NBA, and and just the way it sets up the the next record, 17, where he hops in his mind state at 17 years old, is just absolutely, absolutely the way the way that that sequencing is just built those those first really seven records, but especially within records four to seven um the sequencing between i need a sign on my way to school and 17 and then mama i made it is just absolutely killer absolutely love it and so yeah on my way to school is an all-time all-time davies favorite for me what's the next record you want to highlight off here all right the energy is going to switch up a little bit but the next record i want to highlight is track number nine what's going on featuring fab and to me, man, this record is just wavy. I love this instrument on this song. The sample is uh, Bet, Bet You Don't Know. Um, the beat to me, it takes me back to kind of like um, Wiz Khalifa, Cushion Orange Juice, when he used to rap over like uh, germ instrumentals. Like that's what it brings me back to. That's the vibe of this record. But um, I think the, the, the highlight moment of this song and it's just because this guy's so fucking talented. It's the Fab verse to me. Uh, Fab drops my favorite feature verse on this album, and this album got a lot of feature verses. But Fab just smokes it. He's uh, his verse is full of ear catching bars. The my favorite one in the rolls doing sixty bumping that Nipsey like that's a that's a bar that's that's low hanging fruit, but I still fucking love it, and I love that bar. And uh, and that's what Fab's gonna get you punchline after punchline after punchline. And it's funny hearing Fab on this record with Dave East on this album, because in my head I always kind of had like a, a a thought that like Dave East and Fab were similar rappers. Mm -hmm. And on this record, I realized that that thought was wrong. They are completely different. <laughs> um, Dave is not the punchline rapper that Fab is. And then going back to that track you highlighted earlier. Um, uh, on my way to school, it helped me realize that, you know, it's also not the picture painter, storyteller that Dave is. But on this record, they both do a great job still coming together. But Fab definitely has one of the best verses on this album. So track number nine, what's going on? Wavy beat, Fab verse. Love it. Man, I don't know if I can give Fab one of the best verses or the best features on this album because, God damn. man, I, I, I'm <laughs> feeling you. Like, I like the... I, I like everything that you like about this record, and I like Fab, but it, it's like, it, it's so perfect for Fab, this instrumental, like, I don't know if you heard, did you hear the record he had on Jim Jones, um, Nothing Lasts Forever, on the Jim uh, Jones album? Uh, no, I, I did, but I haven't listened to that record in a long time, just wanted yeah. to under it. Yeah, it, 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 this record, What's Going On, reminds me so much of that, it's that summertime, kind of like dance vibe where Fab's spitting his game shit so so perfect for Fab and this is where I gotta give Fab credit actually because 
you know, he's got some borderline corny bars on here, but Fab's delivery is too crisp yeah. and he's too That's cool of a guy. Do. Yeah, bro, he's too crisp and too cool of a guy. Like, you just got to kind of let these bars slide. Like, if anybody else said, believe it or not, she'd call me Rip- Ripley, aliens. <laughs> yeah, th- this head out of this world. Like, if anybody else said that, we- we're killing them. You know yeah. it will. But the you delivery know. was too cool. You gotta fuck with it. Oh, I know. Shit. Which, <laughs> which is why I can't. I can't give him the best feature, but okay, like that's bro. fair enough. But I could give him. I could give him the major respect for pulling off the lines that like nobody, nobody in the in the universe can pull off. Took you to the Prada store because I'm proud of you, girl. Like anybody <laughs> else, we're killing. Anybody <laughs> else will go. Hey, let nope. me say this. In my defense, my favorite rapper is Lil Wayne, and he's full of corny bars, but he hits those corny ass bars. So, uh, very true. Maybe that's why it connects so well with me. <laughs> very, very true. Very true. Yeah, nobody's. Lil Wayne can say things that nobody can say. Too, so, <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out, fabulous. Shout, shout out, Lil Wayne. Shout out, Kanye. All those artists that can say the most outlandish things that can just that can just we we just pass off as all right, cool. <laughs> That's a skill, man. But yeah, I mean, I like this record a lot. You know, it would have been one of my songs of the summer because goddamn, bro, that beat you talked about the sample, uh, just everything about this this beat is is cool. Dave East, I I like. I don't love him on on this record. I like him. Right. I don't love him. It feels like. It feels like a Fab record because right. not only have we heard th- these features from Fab uh, on like this type of sound, but also just like Fab kind of steals the show even with his even with his verse having some suspect bars. Like he still absolutely steals the show. So I I, I wish I I don't know I I feel like Davies could have could have maybe raised his game up. And th- this is one of the only records I feel like personally um, where Davies really got like outperformed by a feature yeah everything you're saying is fair all right man let's jump to my last record because it transitions off of what's going on it's in that same sequence of um of tracks and that is alone featuring jacques now let me just tell you this straight out the gate a female vocal sample pitched up high and distorted, <laughs> plus a crooning R&B hook, plus a street rapper. It's the Chris Platty br- blueprint to an amazing <laughs> song. Like, you, you you had me at all of that. But then the fact that you're throwing that it's Davies, one of my favorite rappers. Like, dude, this this song is amazing since the second I heard it. I knew coming into this, you you know how I am. I try to avoid singles if I know the album's really close just because... You know, I like to I like to get all the music at once if possible. But man, when I saw Jacques and Dave East, I was like, okay, I already know where this is going. Let me let me press play. And I was like, damn, man, I love this record. This record to me is absolutely amazing. Like, I I was looking at because this reminds me of the Chris Brown perfect record off Paranoia, right? This is what mm-hmm. he's go. It's that same. It's, they're going for the same thing. This is the ladies' record, but this one is just done so well. Davies rapping on it is so perfect. Um, I even like his little singing that he does at the end, where the and they and they do the nice thing where they 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 let Davies sing, but they stack Jacquees vocals in the background just to kind of protect, you know, just to kind of just to kind of you know protect Davies a little bit because you know he's not the he's not the greatest singer. So they they kind of finesse they kind of finesse Davies singing a little bit, but 
yeah, it was, it's a very cool record, man. I absolutely love it. It's one of my standout favorites on this entire album. Yeah, when you throw this album on, that's definitely going to be one of the first records that just like jump out of your headphones because uh, the Jodeci Phoenix sample is obviously money. And um, anytime Jacquees is like pretty much flipping 90s R&B records, he's just going to shine. Just like we said with like Fab on that last record, he was in his pocket. Jacquees on these type of record is going to be on his pocket. Every time like uh, I hear Jacquees like flip a 90s R&B song, I like man, he's definitely not the king of R and B, but I'm definitely not mad at him anymore for saying it. <laughs> that's how well that's how well he executes these type records. And um yeah, just like the little things like like you said with Jacquees, like seeing behind uh Dave East vocals when uh Dave East was kinda singing, uh harmonizing with Jacquees made a difference and uh even like uh, Jacquees just E E E and all behind Dave East bars. While yeah. he was actually rapping was pretty cool. It made it that was like a nineties throwback. Like you don't hear that too often anymore. But uh yeah, track number eleven alone, uh definitely great record. Gonna be one of the first ones to jump out of your headphones when you're going through the album. Absolutely. This is this is definitely the commercial record that I recommend if you're somebody that likes the, the radio the radio records. This is one of them. And I like that Davies also too um perfect sounded more like a reach at the time and i think it's because this song is is much more well constructed uh, i think davies and jacques have a little bit better chemistry than davies and chris brown just judging off of one record uh but then davies kind of kept it true to himself by you know davies is always doing the uh, always doing the the slander shit you know i tried to send a dm to her best friend you know, lines like that are like mm-hmm. what we expect from Davies when he's rapping. When he's rapping about women, is you always <laughs> expect it to be an extra level of difficulty. Like, why <laughs> you got to do that, Davies? Bro? <laughs> but yeah, it's a really cool record. I really enjoy it, man. It's definitely, it's definitely one that I recommend to people that are that are looking to see what Davies can do in a commercial environment. And it and it gives me faith that if you if you build the right song around Davies. Um, that that you can have a commercially successful record. I don't I don't know if um, I don't know if you, you know Davies can come up with many of these, but I think that I think that you have to kind of a and r that that record for Davies to really shine on it. But I think if it if it's handled right, like like this was, I think it's it's a sign that Davies can actually produce these records. So that's another thing that I really like about this record. Just looking at it from an analytical perspective because you know Davies is somebody that I believe has star potential so you know and you to to be a star you got to check this is one of the boxes you got to check off right is to be able to make that 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 bop yep all right let's jump to your your last record because I know I know your last record is actually right before this and I'm I'm excited to talk about this one so kick it off Right. Uh, I want to bring up track number 10, Baby. And uh, for me, this record is goes hand in hand with 11 Alone. Um, and where Alone is kind of like the bright, poppy, uh, definitely like single sounding radio friendly record. Baby is doing all the exact same things, but like with an album cut feel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and those two records, 10, Baby and 11 Alone, are definitely 
this album took a lot to grow on me. Like, I don't think I started to enjoy this album until, like, really, like, my fourth or fifth listen. But track number 10 and 11, like, right away on the album, I like both records. And uh, track number 10, it's easy to like because uh, there's a, it's a Marvin, Marvin sample, so... Who the hell? Uh, who the hell can't hear Marvin Sample and be like, "Damn, I love this record. I love right. they flow over this instrumental. Um, I like the way they high pitched his voice, especially to begin the record. I think it brings a different vibe to the song. It helps it instantly pop a little bit more. Uh, I like the move that they don't use hooks after every verse. Kind of gives the sample more room to breathe, gives more uh, space for the Marvin to shine, it, which is always a good play. This record's fire. Uh, Dave smokes each one of his verses. Uh, Dave, he's a good storyteller, and he's also a good rapper about talking about fucking these women that uh, mm-hmm. be in his DMs. So uh, I know me and Dave's uh, women fan base is going to enjoy this song and have it in heavy rotation for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> word, word. I like that. Uh, yeah, man, I, I got to be honest with you. I love the beat. I love the sample, of course. At first, I'm glad you mentioned uh, you. I'm glad you mentioned the vocal pitch at the beginning because at first I hated and cringed at it, um, but then, then I kind of sat with it more and it grew on me each time. And now, and now I like it. It's cool to me. Um, again, this is like the dirtier lady song that East likes to make. He likes to make the My Little Secret off Paranoia type record where it's mm-hmm. like where it's like you know this is like his his hood chick and he's got the 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 lines like you know. Um, Kyrie, Kyrie been saying she want a little brother, you know, like stuff like stuff like that is is just Davies just being clever. I like his flow. Everything is crisp about it. Um, the way, like you said, the way it kind of doesn't bounce out of out of like a out of a traditional hook. It's kind of just uses the, the sample is like really just prominent in the song. But if I gotta be honest, as much as I as much as I do like this record. And I'm looking at this as a body of work, and that's kind of where I view Davies. Like, I view Davies as a potential to deliver an absolutely amazing, amazing album. And while I like a lot of things on this album, one of the things that I don't like is the 20 tracks. And I feel like when you have records like Alone and and Baby, like, I feel like you got to kind of make a decision between one of those two records, you know, and I, and for me personally, I would, if I had to cut one of them, I would cut baby despite me liking it. Man, I, I, I feel like baby's too good of a record to cut, but like, I do get your point about like, they both touch the same thing, but there's 20 songs. We got to cut something. We will find something, something later. You know what I mean? Platty, come on. God damn. Oh yeah. No, no, no. This ain't the only, this ain't the only song getting cut. Let me, let me be clear. Let me be clear. That's not the only song we cut. No, a hundred percent. What up? A hundred percent, man. So let's jump to it. You know, our overall thoughts of the album then. Uh, I feel like it's a seven out of 10 to me. This album has many high moments, not many low moments. Um, it, it does have some records that I'm kind of cool on, but even when I listen to them, I, I won't return to them, but if they somehow come on, I'm like, I'm not super mad at them uh, for the most part. Uh, but I think the replay value is diminished simply by the high number of tracks that I was talking about, which tells me survival is kind of two albums in one. Like every time I listen to it, there's there there's two albums to me. There's the one that Dave wanted to make with the songs like Need a Sign, Godfather Four, Mama I Made It, Daddy Knows, 
And then there's what the label wanted, which is tracks like Every Day, Alone, On Sight. And the result is a cool album that has a little something for everyone, but not the special album that I believe it could have been. Like The degree of difficulty creating a masterpiece over 16 tracks is through the roof, which is why that amazing album sequence of 1 through 7, especially uh, especially 4 through 7, is almost feels a little wasted because it's one of the best stretches I've heard in a while. And it really did, those those four records in particular, had that real classic album feel to them. And, you know, I, I really think that those could have been amazing. Uh, those could have been part of the um, uh, an amazing album. Like, if he took... If he cut this down to like 14 or 12 songs, uh, the 12 best songs on here, and did like more of the skits and stuff that he did, I know, you know, obviously, obviously that's an easy blueprint to follow because Kendrick, you know, a good kid, Mad City, but I still feel like Davies, the way he, the way he tells stories and everything, his his best album route would have been to incorporate skits and in all of those and in, in a lot of those songs and sequence them better and just cut it down to like 12 songs and this would have been great but you know judging off the album we got it's it's great production it's consistent dave is very good on the album and the features were put in the right place i think some of them didn't perform to a high level like rick ross's verse is just kind of a rick ross verse who i love but it just kind of felt like it just kind of felt like a rick ross verse it didn't feel special while some other feet features didn't really feel like the right particular choice um so overall like overall though i i think davies performed well on this album there's not too many low moments like i said uh, i i think i'm a bigger fan of the back half than you are probably but i i do enjoy uh this album overall and i think it does have a little something for everyone which is which is kind of cool work and uh I think I think your seven out of ten is a perfect score, so I'm just gonna ride with that one. Uh, yeah, I think the first half of this album is really amazing. Like the seven that I'm giving this seven out of ten album, a lot of that score is pretty much being carried by the first half of the album for me personally. The second half it, it begins to taper off. These aren't bad records, but it's really just the like you said the the records were gonna baby. There's definitely like an instant switch of the sound and vibe of the album. And mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about that. I'm thinking like I'm not really feeling it. And it's weird to me when I hop on and see track number 14, Night Shift, featuring Lil Baby on my uh, iTunes. That's the one that has a star. So I'm like, yeah. wow, these are really what the label is pushing these like um, the second half of this album records. But uh, the album itself. Everything is just done well. I think the album was done with a lot of care, a lot of thought process. Um, instrumentals are great. Dave pretty much performs on each record. Uh, does a great job of just rapping his ass off. That's what that's what you're gonna get with Dave. I think this is an album though for the fan base. I really can't see somebody not already liking Dave East and going into this album and giving it the time to grow on them to become a Dave East fan. So I don't think this album itself is going to be winning over any new fans really, but for the fan base, people like me and you definitely enjoyed it. Um, To me, this is also like an album where a lot of these records, I would listen to them in the, 
as the album. Like, I'm not moving any of these records really into, like, a playlist outside of, like, 10 and 11, Baby and Alone. Uh, most of these records, I'm only going to be listening to them in the construct of this album. I'm not moving them over to playlists. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around like what that means for me. But album solid. Records are good. If you're a Dave East fan, you're going to enjoy this album. And if you're trying to figure out who Dave East is, you're going to have to give this album more listens and to really give it a shot. Don't listen to this album one time and then turn it off and don't listen to it again because my first my first opinion of this album is completely different from the opinion I have at this very moment um so yeah so this is an album that grows so yeah seven out of ten Dave East survival I enjoyed it yeah man I think you hit on a bunch of great points in particular that closing point of just how much the album grew on on me because it it felt that same way for me it really did feel like it really did feel like the first listen i was kind of like oh man oh man especially after what we got that was so great on the first half and i didn't i i warmed up to the second half you know i i liked of course like the records uh like daddy knows was really cool the the record dedicated to his daughter um i did i did like night shift only because i really like davies part of it um truthfully i like the uh what you mad at with the with the mad rapper that's a cool shout out to big i loved that um i and of course i loved the uh the nipsey tribute at the end was absolutely beautiful but um some of the other records in the later half grew on me like the the max b record grew on me the me and minds record with uh dj drama uh grew on me so that even the on-site with Ty Dolla Sign, like I'm not mad at it, but you know you're right. These aren't records that are really going to be taken out of uh, out of the context of the album and thrown in playlists. Like I threw the I threw my favorites in my favorite Dave East playlist. You know, it's just a playlist of my favorite Dave East records. But other than that, not a lot of these records really made it outside um, outside to any of my playlists. Like some of them made it for some storytelling and like you said alone was one that made it out of out of there to some some of my other playlists that are along that vibe but for the most part you're right this out this these songs are good but they're good in the context of the album rather than uh rather than in the that rather than just objectively you know standing alone right right so yeah, that's a very good point, and that's a very good point that you bring up about those records. That I think is, I think it's totally fair when it comes to when it comes to this album. And I do think overall, for twenty tracks, I do think it was sequenced pretty well yeah. for the most part, um, which is very difficult. But they they really did do a good job of kind of uh, again having a bunch of records that are kind of all over the place, but consistently um sequencing them right but let's kind of talk about now how dave east goes from here so there was i mentioned the the first week of album sales at the top of the at the top of this review and discussion and before that report came out there was a rumor that he was he was going to sell less than three thousand albums it was going <laughs> to be dropped by his label and it turned out he was 11th on the billboard now i I will Gil, maybe you can maybe you can uh disagree with me on this, but I can't remember 
the last time I heard an inaccurate report to this level. Like, I've never heard numbers be, like, this far off. Like, I mean, isn't that kind of, isn't that kind of weird? Do you think that's part of the promo of the album? That's what I'm saying, man. There's, like, a conspiracy (laughs) to it, because it's, like, because it's like you know is dave is dave gonna leave his label do they want him gone like all this stuff kind of like generated more attention and it's like it's like on one hand it's like any promo is good promo but on the other hand like it's not exactly like a way to promote it's not exactly the greatest album rollout to talk about oh like this album might sell less than three thousand yeah, it's what's gonna go? You know, uh, double double plastic. Nobody's buying it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like hip hop. Not a good strategy. Yeah, like hip hop is more like larger than life. Like, you know, you're boasting, you bragging. So, yeah, yeah that would be a weird uh, zag to the zig. But like, I think <laughs> what makes people like kind of even think back, just because the the projections were so off. And then when you go to the opening track of this album, that they want to kill you. Literally, Dave East's first bar on the album, the first thing he says is, you probably thought the label was going to shelf me. Yeah. So that kind of makes it feel like it's going hand in hand. You know, the bad projections, and then now the first the first bar we get from Dave East on this album is, you probably thought the label was going to shelf me. <laughs> right. You know, I, I, could see, I could see how people are connecting the dots with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. Um, that's a very good point. That makes that line just ring home even more. <laughs> but um, I let's. So I think this album kind of fell short of expectations. Yeah. Um, like you said, it doesn't. It didn't feel like it. It. It didn't feel like again. I I hate to compare everything to Kyrie Chanel because it's kind of unfair to an artist to compare everything to their best body of work. But we we kind of subconsciously do it anyways, even if. You know, the difference is I'm just the one to acknowledge it. But <laughs> I think I think it would have been better if there was an album rollout, like a better album rollout. All he had was a little YouTube web series, which was cool. But I mean, come on, dude. Like, that's like the cheapest. That's like the that's like the most basic budget, bro. There's people that are totally independent artists that have less than a thousand fans that do that exact same rollout. Mm-hmm. So it's it it was kind of it was kind of whack to me that he didn't get a proper rollout. I think that kind of fell short because the music is good. You know, I do think this is his best music he's made since Kyrie Chanel. So and, and even a lot of these songs on here, Kyrie Chanel is a better body of work, but this has better music on it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it, so it's really kind of interesting why it fell short do you think all of those projects derailed his momentum like what do you think happened that can explain an artist releasing better music not a better body of work but better songs but not really getting the same buzz that he got off of three years ago when Kyrie Chanel came out and everybody was talking about Davies as the next you know classic album yeah I just think all those subpar bodies of work just kind of you know work the fan base down a little bit where, you know, you're not going to be so vocal about how much you love Dave East. You know, when the, the right. projects keep coming up, you be like, yo, check for Dave East. And it's on some, you know, keep it a buck, some Reggie a lot of times. You can't keep telling the homies to keep checking for Dave East, you know? Yeah. So, like, now your fan base isn't, not only is it not, like, expanding, but, like, even the people that are checking for you, like, I sold off, I would, I bought a lot of Dave East property on the fan base and i've been selling them off 50 cents on the dollar 
you know? <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's hard to grow that way as an artist. And I think, um, I just think his brand has just been diluted by like just subpar projects. So it's hard to be vocal, excited about a project when he's put out four bodies of work that been, eh, outside of the, uh, the one record he had with, um, the beloved besides that yeah. everything else been just like whatever so yeah. it's, it's hard to get excited it's hard to when the album job be like oh on, on thursday at midnight i'm gonna listen to the album I'm like nah i ain't excited like that yeah it's like a oh cool i'll i'll get to it and that's for somebody that loves davies you know so it it's you can only imagine what that's like for the people that are kind of on the fence about him and so i i really i really think that these projects did derail his momentum uh because even though there's records on there that like i'm grateful i have like there's records that i really really like but overall those projects are just each one of them is like is like you know 10 songs too many mm-hmm. you know like each of them should have been cut down like the whole karma one could just be deleted in my opinion yeah but um but you know there's there's some cool records in there but for the most part it's just not good um do you think that do you think that Obviously, all all those projects that were dropping, we kind of talked about this earlier. We kind of hinted at earlier, but the the direct question I have for you is: Did the label not handle him well, or or did Davies not fig not know himself, or is it both? Like, how do you how do you feel? Because that's the only ex that's the only way we can explain dropping all those projects after Kyrie Chanel. Because traditionally, when you deliver a project like Kyrie Chanel, the next project is your debut album. Yeah, I think I I think this is all on the label. I even just like with the rollout of this album, like you said, like it's very underwhelming. So I just think the label has been making a lot of bad decisions. Um, the the mixtapes that were coming out, and the, even the way they were rolled out, where it's like it's kind of my album. They're kind of mixtapes. Like, what do y'all think? Yeah. <laughs> like that part of it just seems like a label just trying to figure out what they're trying to do. There's no real direction. There's no real quality control. Because some, some records on those uh, mixtapes were pretty bad. So yeah. um, for me, I, Dave East is clearly a talented rapper. And then so I'm not going to give him a lot of the blame because when I do hear him rapping on records, he sounds good, his voice good, mm-hmm. his story's good. So the only people I got to blame without knowing too much of the details for me is uh, the label. I think they're just dropping the ball. Yeah, I agree, man. I definitely agree. I I think Def Jam is really dropping the ball when it comes to Davies in particular. And, you know, we look at this now. What is the future for Davies? Because if there's any, if there's any truth to that, if, if that whole less than three albums sold, less than 3000 albums sold and the label is going to drop him. If that is a true report that wasn't like part of the rollout that Davies was not, that it that Davies was on board with, uh, that's got to create tension between an already an already kind of te- tenuous relationship because obviously there's not a good level of of rapport or trust between Dave and the label if we're if he's doing all these projects and stuff in the meantime it kind of like the Chris Brown record like Davies is probably like yeah cool I'll do it but that wasn't like that was the label being like, here, here's a Chris Brown record. Do this, you know, like, uh, so I think, I, I think I'm just really curious about the future for Dave East. You know, does he, 
Does he actually end up staying on Def Jam? Does he part ways? Does he go back to a string of mixtapes and he's just a street rapper with dope bars? Or can he break through and be commercially successful? Like, what is the what is the future for Davies? Because it's still just as... It's le- it's even more murky than when Kyrie Chanel came out. Yeah. Um, just like you're saying, we're like, it seems like as if what Def Jam is trying to do and what the fan base want is two different things. Like you brought up the Chris Brown record, even on this on this album with the Night Shift record with Lil Baby, like mm-hmm. that that one's the highlighted star record. It seems yeah. like the, the Def Jam label and the fan base are on two different pages. So I'm curious uh, what happens first. Does he does the fan base shrivel down to the point to where he gets dropped, or does do they just? I think they almost have to mutually separate because. Mm-hmm. And I think Dave, to me, when I think of Dave, I think Dave would have a career similar to like Fab, even though like I brought up earlier, different rappers. But like he's, I think Dave East is going to be a rapper where he has different high points and low points in his career and. He's just going to navigate that. He's going to constantly put out work because he's obviously talented as a rapper. But is he going to be doing that on the major or just as mixtapes? I don't know. But I think he's going to have a long career with many different peaks and valleys. And that's where I kind of think the future is holding for a day. Yeah, that's a very good comparison. I like that comparison a lot. I'll ride, I'll ride with that because... You know, obviously, at the end of the day, Davies is talented, like like we both mentioned, like this whole review is highlighted. But, you know, there is, the, you just, when you have a situation where you and the label are not on the same page or not uh, in good standing with each other, it's it's so impossible to be a good, to be a an, an amazing artist. Like, take an artist like Lupe, who was really talented, but his beef with the label, now granted, I don't think Davies is on that level. Maybe it is like that behind the scenes. I don't know. But I'm just assuming off of what we see what, what we see in the in, in the just I guess uh, public perception. And there doesn't seem to be that level of that level of disconnect and disdain for each other. But look at Lupe and the talent that he had and just how that changed his career path. Like, I mean, Lupe was a, a superstar, you know? So it's it's really hard to be an amazing artist when, you're, when you and your label are at odds or not on the same page. And so that's why I would like for Dave East to leave Death Jam uh, because I think, I, I think that he is somebody that he can benefit from a label, but a... And he kind of, I think, needs a label to be that next level of success because the label did as much as as much as I'm, you know, as much as I'm giving them shit. They did get the the tie dollar sign feature. They did get right. the, you know, like they they pulled those strings. Like I don't think Dave East is getting that tie dollar sign feature just alone, you know. Right, right. So I think that there is some stuff like that that. Um, that the label does help with, and I think Davies needs that to to go to the next level. But Def Jam isn't the label, right? And just to throw an extra wrinkle in, and uh, so it's not like we're just like fucking shitting on the label and like pra- <laughs> praising Davies. I I think like what you're saying with Lupe with his battle against the label. Lupe knew who he was as an artist. He knew what kind of music he wanted to make, mm-hmm. and that's what made things so 
so volatile with the label is because Lupe had his direction. He knew what he wanted to be. But I think Dave East is still trying to figure out what kind of artist he wants to be. And the reason I say that is when I hear records, it the, the directions are just all over the place. Yeah. So I think him as an artist is still really trying to figure out what's his lane and what kind of music he wants to make and who he wants to make music for. Because um, I think his fan base right now, it seems like he's shooting a shotgun lug and like trying to figure out what kind of fan base he wants to build on. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that, man. I think, I, I think that there's, that there is blame on both sides. Now, obviously my blame leans far on one side but it's totally not it's totally not one-sided like Davies does I think have to figure out he's got he's got the storytelling aspect of of rapping down to a pat and he makes other songs great other songs that aren't storytelling records but overall like he just as far as like bodies of work and all of that like I don't think Davies is at the point where he can really craft that on his own which is why again he needs a label it's just not it's just not Def Jam for me right but I think I think we've reached all the point of Davies conversation yeah. uh that we could possibly have this has been three years into making this podcast essentially for me a big Davies fan and I want to thank my guy Will Gill for coming on the podcast man there's nobody else I wanted to have yeah. on the, on this podcast and have this conversation with so i appreciate you my brother why don't you plug everything that you that you got going on word always happy and honored to be on the pod it's all love both ways and um if you want to hear more from me check out uh, my podcast hip-hop review pod uh just search it pretty much anywhere you get your pod and a player will pop up hell, hell yeah man and uh i know this this is i'm gonna let the fans in on a little something uh I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sliding down them standings. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be right next to you soon in fantasy basketball if uh, if things don't turn around for me. <laughs> oh goddamn! Oh man, fantasy basketball. I'm in a, a league with uh, Platty for the listeners that don't know. And uh, goddamn, um, I go to the church of uh, Hanky, and we're gonna throw away this season, but we're gonna learn a lot of lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Facts I'm looking at your roster, man. I'm just like. Steph Curry, Vucevic, Jimmy, Jimmy's been uh, missing games. Like it's like Marvin Bagley. It's like all of your top picks are like, are just totally, are are just totally just destroyed with injuries, <laughs> and it it's it's tragic, man. But you're putting up a you're putting up a fight, man. Buddy, he'll drop at forty one. He's doing his thing for you. He's yeah, kind of carrying. Yeah, we could get it where we can. We're gonna get it where we can. Uh, first year playing, so. Even when I draft, I thought we was only drafting the five-man starting lineup, and then now we have 20 open slots. So we learning, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to figure it out. We're going to try to get everything back on track. Yeah, the season is far from over, man, and I just need I just need my suspensions to come back. I need John Collins and DeAndre Ayton to come back, man. It's been I, a, I it's, need that. It's been a rough season, man. Handbreaks and PED has been the story of the season so far, I think. <laughs> <laughs> facts, facts, Will Gill. Well, all right, man. I'll let you get going, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast as always, my brother. And uh, I'll probably be having you on a hoop talk soon to talk about the Kings, how they flip shit around, right. and um, and there's just a lot of NBA stuff. And you know, we're gonna be talking about fantasy, of course, and and, and rap, all that stuff. <laughs> Word up. Uh, I'm 
I'll be ready to hop on whenever, and I'll be listening to the pods too. So just holler. All right, man. Take care. All right, peace.